Welcome back to Bot Meets World, where we take all the week's big news in AI and boil it down to about 10 minutes. So today, huge, huge, huge day, big week. Microsoft released Copilot. What a major mic drop. This will change the game for operating systems forever. Then we'll go into Google search and their big comeback hit NVIDIA, whose stock price is soaring. Talk about Anthropics, $350 million raise. And we'll end with our prompt of the week. In this case, it's a prompt technique of the week based on a talk by one of the founding members, the founding engineers at OpenAI himself. This is a brilliant way to get ChatGPT to do what you want it to do in a much more effective way. Before I go on, just one quick note. Uh, we have the podcast version of this, which is on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, but there's also the YouTube version. So if you are watching on YouTube and you want to hear it in your car, uh, there is a podcast version. If you are listening to the podcast version and you want to see the visuals uh, where I show the products that I'm discussing, uh, just pop over to YouTube and we are there at Bot Meets World as well. So Bot Meets World on any platform. All right, let's go into Windows. So Windows launched Copilot. As you might know, uh, Microsoft owns GitHub. Uh, GitHub is the uh, software code repository network, and they have their own thing called Copilot. So Microsoft effectively owns that trademark, and they've doubled down on it with Windows Copilot. And this is native to your operating system, and basically can take over your entire computer based on your commands. So you can ask it to play some music and it knows that you have Spotify installed and can play a Spotify soundtrack. You can ask it to help you design a logo and it will open the kind of software you have on your computer that is able to do graphic design and help you craft a logo in that software. You can literally drag and drop a document from anywhere in your computer into Copilot and ask it to give you a summary or some takeaways. So this is a very native integration. You might have seen six months ago or so on Twitter, this company called Adept that had a huge, huge fundraise. They tried to demo something as well that would also take over your computer and, and do your bidding. But this is much more dramatic because this is native, right? Microsoft literally runs the Windows operating system. And so they're able to, to get in deeper than anyone else can. So this is major shots fired by Microsoft at Apple. For, for the longest time, we've had this notion that Apple has the coolest products and, and the, the best laptops, but they're caught on their heels. At this point, I haven't heard any big news out of Apple about how they're going to integrate AI into their products, whereas Microsoft has been hitting hard through their partnerships with OpenAI and bringing AI natively into the Microsoft experience, whether that's in Windows or their Word, Excel, whole office software. So I'm curious to see how and when Apple comes back. Speaking of tech giants, Google announced Google search powered by AI. This is in beta now. Uh, you can apply on Google's site uh, to become one of the beta testers. And the cool thing here is that Google will actually respond to your queries in this AI-generated shaded box uh, below the search query, but above all of the existing Google search results, which I'll get back to in a second. The example they gave on their site was someone searching for a wedding dress to a party in Miami. And uh, the, the AI created advice 
uh, on the fly. So every result it gives you is generated on the fly. And it gave advice on the type of dress to wear, the colors to wear, the style to wear. And then, and here's the crazy part, it surfaced the products and videos related to that question because Google has all that data already. And the craziest part, they actually were able to weave in commerce into the results. So surfacing not just some pictures of dresses, but actually letting you click on a product and buy it. And this is huge because you can imagine all the brands out there scrambling and all the marketing agencies scrambling to try to figure out how they can get their products to show up in these new AI-generated results because that's where consumers are going to be looking. And you'll see this not just in Google, but everywhere that people search, whether that's in Google, uh, on Bing, within Amazon, anywhere that people search will now be uh, switched from uh, results of just the basic list of search results into a generated suggestion. And brands will be fighting tooth and nail to be that suggestion that's given to you by AI. All right, uh, a quick pivot here, NVIDIA. If you don't know who NVIDIA is, NVIDIA is the leader of GPU chipset design. GPUs are graphic processing units. These are like the brains of uh, a computer that uh, do not the regular computations of, of how to run your machine, but the computations for machine learning. Uh, these actually originated in the gaming industry. Uh, and so the rise of GPUs actually came from uh, powering your PlayStations or your really souped up computers that run these massively 3D intensive games. But the, the reason why this is so important for AI and machine learning is algorithms that train the AIs, for example, these large language models like we use in uh, GPT or Meta's Llama or Google's Palm, those LLMs are trained using things called transformers. And what makes them so efficient is they're able to train on, at this point, billions of tokens in parallel. And these GPUs that are made by NVIDIA are able to very efficiently run many computations in parallel, meaning multiple trainings are done at the same time as opposed to in sequence. So if I'm training on three different sen sentences in the English language, rather than train the three sentences in sequence, first the first, then the second, then the third, I can actually train the model on all three uh, sentences at the exact same time. All right, sorry for the little digression to explain why GPUs are important, but that's why NVIDIA's stock price is up more than three times in the last six months. And I'm kicking myself for not investing in this company because even two months ago, you know, I, I saw this trend, but two months ago it was already up 100, 200, 300%. How can it go any higher? And it has. Just this past week alone, the stock price jumped, I think it was over 25% in one day when NVIDIA announced its revised upward projections for the rest of the year. So this stock is on fire. And, and this company is actually at the, at, the, at the center of a geopolitical uh, issue. Uh, most of these chips are currently made in Taiwan, which is right next to China. And so there's a huge battle happening now behind the scenes between the superpowers, mainly China and America, trying to figure out how to wrestle control and power uh, over these uh, chip production facilities. Because without these chips, you can't train the next era of AI models. All right, the next thing I wanna cover is Anthropic. So Anthropic raised 
$450 million in their Series C round. Um, so Anthropic is a core foundational model. This is the same level model as uh, GPT-3 or 4, uh, uh, Google's Palm model that we announced, I think, two weeks ago or so, uh, the, the, the Facebook's or Meta's Llama model. So this is a foundational model on top of which uh, other more specialized models can be built. And we covered Anthropic last week when they announced that their model can take in 100,000 tokens at a time. That's about 75,000 words. And if you're not sure what that means, check out last week's episode. The point here is, and the reason I want to cover this now, is that uh, one of the leading investors in this round is Google, is Google. And so this is fascinating because Anthropic is effectively a part of a proxy war uh, where Google is investing in Anthropic to fight back against OpenAI. So not only is Google creating its own models with Palm, it's also, it's also investing in, in, in Anthropic just to put more forces in, in, in the match um, to go up against OpenAI. All right, next thing I want to cover is just very briefly TikTok. TikTok announced that, that they're testing this AI chatbot called Taco, Taco, Taco. I don't know how to pronounce this thing. It's T-A-K-O. Man, I think this, this just doesn't make as much sense. Um, there are places where it makes sense to chat with something and ask it questions. Um, I don't know where this will go, but you know what? It's hard to bet against TikTok. They are, they've grown to become the biggest, well, I don't know if they're the biggest, but certainly the fastest growing social network in the world. And so I don't know where this is going, but if you are one of the people that gets the test, uh, the access to the, the, the Takeo test bot on your TikTok app, let me know and let me know how your experience is. All right. I wanted to, to take a, a detour for a bit away from the land of chatbots and into something that AI and ML really can do that helps our world. And that is in healthcare and drug discovery. So a lab uh, announced that they found a new uh, antibiotic against a superbug, a superbug meaning uh, a, a bacteria that was resistant to most or all of our current antibiotics. And the way they did this was they first took a couple thousand compounds and actually tested those compounds on this uh, bad bacteria to see and measure how they would interact and trained a, a model on those known compounds. Then they ran the model on about 7,000 compounds that they couldn't readily uh, try in the lab. And the model was able to surface 240 of these compounds uh, that were uh, likely to have a positive result, right? So in the past, this would have been really hard because those 7,000 compounds are hard to find, hard to test. And this would have taken months, if not years of, of testing one by one by one by one. But the AI was able to narrow it down based on the properties it learned from the first couple thousand that it did know. It was able to look at the next 7,000 and narrow it down to the 240 that were most likely to, to be effective. And that led to a drug uh, called, uh, let's see how they call this thing, abausin, abausin, uh, that is super effective against this, um, this superbug. And the best thing about it is that th this drug only, only kills this bug and nothing else. The reason I bring this up is we talk about AI all the time with all these uh, scenarios of it becoming sentient. 
but there's a whole other side of this machine learning infrastructure and that that can really accelerate our pacing of treating difficult decisions. But there's a whole other side of AI and machine learning that can accelerate our knowledge of healthcare and help us treat diseases that otherwise would have been uncurable. And so this is an example of how we were able to quickly train up a model based on known compounds and then unleash it on thousands of unknown compounds to surface the ones that are most effective. All right, uh, the last thing I wanna talk about is this incredible video. It's by Andrzej Karpathy uh, at uh, an event called Microsoft Build. He is a founding member of the OpenAI team and he went through exactly how GPTs are created, how they are trained. I've never watched a video that was this in-depth and well-explained. The, the charts, the graphics, he explains everything from what are tokens and, and, and how words are turned into tokens and codified as, as, as numbers. Um, he talks about the, the core foundational transformer model training, the, the unsupervised training. He talks about the uh, later fine-tuning that, that they do. He talks about the reinforcement learning that's done afterward. And throughout the whole thing, he's comparing the different models, uh, Llama versus GPT, and even explaining the kind of resources it takes to create these models. And so just for order of magnitude, he mentioned it would be about five to $10 million or so to create the next model like this, given everything that we know. So highly recommend this talk. It's a bit technical. So it, this is great for anyone who has attained a basic overview of how all this stuff works and wants to really understand how OpenAI, how uh, Meta, how Google are able to just take random uh, characters and random texts from around the internet and turn them into a trained, fine-tuned chatbot. From this talk, we get our prompts of the week, but not really a prompt of the week, a prompt technique of the week. And the technique, this is brilliant, uh, because of the way LLMs are designed, they are designed to just spit out quickly the answers. So given a question, they spit out the answer and they can only see one step in, ahead of them. And so a good way to prompt GPT, to prompt any LLM is the following. Ready for this? Let's work this out step-by-step step to make sure we have the right answer. Or to make it shorter, you can say, go step-by-step step, or let's think step-by-step. Step. So when you're giving an LLM a difficult problem, you want to urge it to go step-by-step step in the solution. And the reason you do this is that as it generates its solution, as it generates its answer, every next word that it slots in is based on the initial question plus what it has answered so far. And so if you, if you push it, if you nudge it to break down its answer into steps, then it can logically follow its own steps and give you a more educated result versus just trying to spit out one result from your question. This is similar how we actually intuit as humans. If we're given a very difficult problem, we break it down into steps. And, and as we start solving the problem, every step we take informs the next part of our solution. And so, again, if you're giving an LLM a difficult problem, urge it to, to break down the problem into steps and respond and kind of show its work, so to speak, 
as it's giving its response. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Bot Meets World. Please subscribe, like, uh, send some comments, and uh, we'll be back here next week.